the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Be it props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you use the sign-up code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. With MyBookie, you play, you win and you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support us here at the Sports Gambling Podcast for bringing you these shows for free. All you have to do to support us is log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. We are so close to celebration time. Manchester City are just three wins away from being the Premier League champion, stopping the scumbags of Liverpool from winning the title for the first time in 30 years. They're just three wins away. They've overcome the main obstacle, the biggest banana skin in their schedule, which was that game at Old Trafford, which for 45 minutes was looking pretty bleak. And had I not already been wildly desperate for Manchester City to win that game, I probably would have tipped Manchester City at half time, which was available at 10 to 11. And um, I would have given that out to clients, but I just couldn't, couldn't invest any more in this game financially and especially emotionally. I just wanted that game to end with Manchester City winning so badly, despite the fact I am a Man United fan. And in addition to that, I don't feel that Man United have have particularly suffered as a result of these two losses. Yeah, it's a confidence it's a it's a it's a confidence hit losing to Everton and Manchester City and conceding six goals in the process without scoring for three hours of football, of course. But when we look at the table and we look at the teams around them, Chelsea and Arsenal are not particularly in good form, especially Arsenal coming off the back of two games you expect them to win at Wolves, who are still having a hangover from the, the FA Cup exit, and especially at home to Palace, who've got nothing to play for. That was the lock last week. We rebounded, of course, with a lock midweek with Tottenham landing for us. So looking at the table, uh, Tottenham should safely get third place, but fourth place is wide open and Man United available at seven to one to finish fourth is an incredible bet because I seriously feel that if Man United can somehow get their shit together, they can go on a three game winning streak against Chelsea at home against Huddersfield away and against Cardiff at home on the final day of the season and still take this fourth spot. The bookies are putting it down to Arsenal and Chelsea where you've got uh, Chelsea as the favourites at 11-10 to 10, and Arsenal's second favourites are 5-4. to four. But Arsenal have to travel to Leicester still and Arsenal have to travel to Burnley and then obviously between that they have a go-home game against Brighton. But I don't have confidence in Arsenal being able to get two wins out of these last three games. I, I really don't. I, I feel that Manchester United are able to to capitalise on the bad form of Chelsea and Arsenal and go past them. Chelsea have to go to Leicester as well. So these are not 
easy games for Arsenal and Chelsea, especially in the form that they're in. And Manchester United, if, and it's a big if, if they can beat Chelsea, I honestly believe that they're in a driving seat because their last two games are bankers. Huddersfield, everybody beats. And Cardiff at home, yeah, maybe Cardiff will be trying to stay in the Premier League. But even in that instance, I've looked at the maths of that and I think that it could be a nothing game for Cardiff as well. So, and maybe just being the optimistic supporter, I may feel bad cheering against my old team, uh, my own team, sorry, in midweek. But coming down to stats and facts and form, there is no real reason that Man United should be significantly behind Arsenal and Chelsea in the odds other than points accumulated. And obviously points accumulated, points on the board is always more important than, than games in hand or, or strength of schedule and things like that. But I just cannot see how Man United don't get at least seven points from their last three. They're not going to lose to Chelsea this weekend. I believe that they're going to at least draw that game and possibly win. And then I think that they have a strong possibility of winning out because it's it's Huddersfield and Cardiff. So have a look at that as well. I'm not advocating it as an official play because I want to steer away from looking like the optimistic supporter who told people to pile units onto his own team. I'm not going to do that. I want you to make your own judgment. I want you to go and have a look at it. Look at Man United's schedule. Look at Tottenham's schedule. Look at Chelsea's schedule. Look at Arsenal's schedule. And tell me if you come to the same conclusion that this this, this season could finish. Man City 1, Liverpool 2, Tottenham 3, and Man United 4. And then Chelsea 5 and Arsenal 6 is how I have it in my optimistic view if this is an optimistic view tell me say Billy that was a really optimistic view and uh, I'm aware that that is a possibility which is why I'm not giving it out as an as an official play but really guys 6-1 to 7-1 to one, Man United's finished 4th finishing the season at home to Chelsea at home to Cardiff and away to Huddersfield really 6-1 to 7-1 to one in places don't know about that Let's start off with this uh, Friday game where Liverpool will take on Huddersfield. And Liverpool are the 1-14 to favourites to win this game. It's 10-1 to the draw. And it's 28-1 to on Huddersfield. Um, there's no chance in hell that Liverpool don't win this game. And that's obviously reflected by the price. Additionally, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Huddersfield get anywhere near the goal here, let alone score. They are, um, let's have a look here, four to six Liverpool to win this game to nil. That says minus 150. I think that that is peach of a bet. I think it's so good that we could lock it up right now and let's not even be around the bush and, and even pretend that anything else is going to come into lock consideration. And I know this doesn't add anything to the suspense of the show where you're, you know, you're wondering what I'm going to lock up. And as I give you my leans here, there and everywhere, but in all seriousness, how the fuck are Huddersfield scoring at Liverpool? And how is this not a minus 300 bet? I mean, they're one to 14 to win the game. I would be interested in parlaying Liverpool at minus 300 to, to keep a clean sheet in this game. But instead, we're getting half of that. We're getting minus 150, four to six for Liverpool to win this game to nil. It's fucking stupid. Huddersfield aren't even... I'll be, I'll be surprised if they have a shot on target. 
Uh, Liverpool to nil here. Looking at the game on Saturday where Tottenham are at home to West Ham. They are the minus 200, 1-2 favourites. 18-5 the draw and 11-2 on West Ham. Um, Tottenham haven't conceded a, a goal at this, at this stadium yet. And that continued in midweek. We were very, very lucky to land that lock. It was an 88th-minute goal. It was a bit of a fluffer long shot from Ericsson that somehow went in underneath Ryan. I'd uh, be very disappointed with that. Brighton still need to secure one more win to stay in the Premier League. Um, but for me, it was another win, and Tottenham are just now one win away, I believe, from securing Champions League football. The problem is, is they may have their eye on the tie against Ajax in midweek. Now, some people won't, and the most significant person that won't is Song. Now, Song is banned from the first leg of that Champions League tie. Now, that, I believe, will be significant when we do that Champions League podcast in midweek, which will be available here on Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So I think that could be a significant factor. But the fact that Song will be playing in this game I think means that he'll be a huge factor, obviously going to start the game. I don't think there's going to be too much rotation here. Certainly not as much as we saw in the Huddersfield game, although saying that, Tottenham did win that game 4-0. I'm confident here to ride out Tottenham to, to continue winning to nil. And I'm especially confident when I saw the price of this. Now, Tottenham to nil is available at 13-8. to eight. So as the midweek game was so close, you can get Tottenham on uh, to uh, sorry Tottenham just for a clean sheet at seven to five. So thirteen to eight to win to nil, seven to five just for Tottenham to have a clean sheet. I'm not messing around and going through all of the stresses that I went through on in, in midweek where. I'll be honest with you, we already didn't have a great week in Premier League. We got a lot of selections wrong here on the podcast, which I'll hold my hand up to. And then we missed out on the lock on Arsenal as well. It's the first lock that we missed out on for quite a long time. We were actually riding an 18-in-1 lock run until Arsenal fucked that game up against Crystal Palace. So we got straight back on the horse with Tottenham to nil, um, taking us to 42-9. and nine. I'm very, very confident that Liverpool are going to take us to 43-9. and nine. So confident, in fact, that I may stretch that out to a two-unit play later on for my members at lockbetting.com. Um, but here, I'm also confident that Tottenham will continue to be, continue to ride out a clean sheet run. I don't think that West Ham are going to be the first team to score at this stadium. If you want to give me, if I want me to give you a prediction as to who that will be, it's got to be Ajax. I think at some point in this Champions League tie, Tottenham will concede their first goal at their new stadium and it will be Ajax who, who get it. But uh, here, West Ham and Tottenham, uh, Tottenham would Tottenham to keep a clean sheet. Uh, let's move on to the Saturday afternoon games. I'm going to breeze through these. I spent a lot of time on these first two games because they have a lot of relevance, I guess. There's nothing of relevance here in the afternoon. There's a lot of teams that are playing that don't like each other, but there isn't really anything that's that relevant. So we'll breeze past. Palace and Everton, what do Crystal Palace do after an away win? They come home and lose. What do Everton do after a massive win against one of the teams in the top six? They go away and lose like they did against Fulham. So... What do we pick here? Because we've got two teams that caused major upsets last Sunday uh, and we have a Palace team that are not very good at home. I think we go for the draw. I think 
very much everything here points to a draw. Everton can't seem to do the back-to-back. Palace are nowhere near as good at home as they are away from home. So I'm going to go for the draw here at 23 to 10. Fulham versus Cardiff. This has to be earmarked as one of the games that Cardiff have to win. I'm hoping that they don't, but down to the pure need here that Cardiff have to win this game, I'm going to take Cardiff here on the double chance to avoid a defeat. Uh, Any point that they can get is useful here as they try and keep up with Brighton. They have a three-point gap to overturn, and obviously if the two teams are level on points, it favours Brighton, who have a significantly better goal difference. So... Cardiff need to start winning games and they'll be looking at this game as one that they can win and they'll be looking at the game at home against Crystal Palace. If they win neither of those games, then they're obviously going to get relegated. But I'm taking Cardiff here on the double chance. Southampton versus Fulham. Nothing at stake, but this is one of the rivalries I was talking about. Southampton and Bournemouth are very closely situated to each other here. If you look at a map of the UK, Southampton are the 10 to 11 favourites. It's 11 to 4 to draw and it's 3 to 1 on Bournemouth. On form alone and deferring to the home advantage, I'm going to go to Southampton here in a game that's, as I said, not important to anybody unless you live in Southampton or Bournemouth. Another rivalry game which stems from the fact that A, both teams are chasing what is quite an irrelevant league position, seventh place, only becomes irrelevant once Man City win the FA Cup and then the seventh place team will go to the Europa League. But that in itself, I don't think is significant either because it means Thursday football and it means Thursday football starting in July from the qualifying stages. It's a terrible, terrible place to be in. And I don't understand why anybody would want that to disrupt their season next year but it's it's something that's on on offer so one of these teams are going to finish seventh in addition to that is a revenge factor for Wolves who lost a 2-0 lead in the FA Cup semi-final to Watford and Watford are the team that are playing the FA Cup final does that mean Watford are going to take their foot off the gas does that mean Wolves want revenge or will home advantage just prevail here with Watford still seeing seventh as some kind of priority a lot of variables in the air here so I'm going to opt for our second draw here, 11-5. I don't think I did the prices on this. Watford are 6-4. 11-5 the draw, 9-5 on Wolves. I'm going for the draw here in this one. <laughs> Moving on to a more relevant game, which is Brighton versus Newcastle. Relevant only for Brighton because they need that one more win, which will certainly mean that they are staying in the Premier League. 5-4 uh, to four to get it here, so quite a strong favourite. 21-10 the draw and 23-10 to 10 on Newcastle. Now, I've bet against Newcastle before feeling like they had nothing to play for and that they should be on their holidays. And then they went and got a win against Leicester, who were one of these teams playing all out for seventh spot. That was a really big surprise a few Friday nights back. Here, I'm not sure where to go with it. I'm, I'm, I obviously feel Brighton have a lot more of a reason to win this game, but I'm sceptical about taking Brighton based on the fact that they just haven't been able to get this win lately. In addition to that, we took Tottenham to nil in the midweek because Brighton hadn't scored for nine hours of football. That bet landed on us, meaning that Brighton now haven't scored for ten and a half hours of football and seven games. Seven games without a goal and ten and a half fucking hours of football without scoring. If they score a goal here, they'll score once. And Newcastle's strategy away from home is to defend, so they're not exactly going to be lighting the world up in attack either. This one 
absolutely has to go under two and a half goals, which is available at four to six also. Um, I'm, I'm so certain of this. It's in consideration for a double lock. There will be a double lock at some point this season because my target is for me to play 55 locks for this season and I'm aiming to go 45 and 10. I set this target for us quite a while back and um, obviously it wasn't when we were 23 and 7. That wasn't realistic because at that time I would have taken something along the lines of 35 and 20. I think that would have been pretty decent. But we just went on such a ridiculous run that at some point in the midst of that, I did set us a very unrealistic target of 45 and 10. Well, we're 42 and 9. So if we 3 and 1 the last three weeks of the season, we will do the 45 and 10. But at some point, that is going to involve us doing a double lock. And I wanted to be very careful as to what one of the last three weeks I did that. And this Brighton-Newcastle game, along with this Liverpool to nil, is just calling out to me big time. So we'll see what we do. We're coming to the end of the show shortly. We have three more games to cover. They are... All on Sunday, Leicester versus Arsenal, where Leicester are a 13 to 8 underdog, 13 to 5 the draw, and 6 to 4 on Arsenal. What do you do here? Leicester are very, very inconsistent. Arsenal have completely thrown away a definite position to finish in the top four. They were they were guaranteed it. They just had to win two home games. They just had to win against Brighton and Crystal Palace at home and avoid losing all of their away games. So nicking a point here and there would have been absolutely fine. Now they're in a real legitimate battle where they need to win two of their last three, I feel, in order to qualify for the Champions League. Because as I said, as I made it clear, I think Man United have a very, very good chance of winning out the last three games of the season. So What's, what's going to happen here? Are Arsenal going to get one of their wins at Leicester? No, I don't think so. I don't think that if you get beaten at Wolves and then you get beaten at Palace, that you automatically rebound and get the win here. They were lucky to win at Watford. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that was because they were down to, uh, to 10 men, obviously. I was going to say, I don't know how uh, they, they managed to win at Napoli and keep a clean sheet because Napoli are one of the best home teams in Europe. And... They have a, um, a very, very good scoring record and all of a sudden Arsenal have travelled to Napoli uh, and held them to a clean sheet, which was very, very surprising. I think some of the evidence is, is you can point to is some of Napoli's recent form. They seem to have really, really dropped in form since it was obviously clear that they couldn't uh, challenge Juve for the title. In addition to that, their form has um, allowed... Inter Milan in third place to sneak into a race for second. So I would think that Napoli need to really sort their shit out over there on Serie A. But the Arsenal performance was indicative of how bad Napoli have been playing recently. And um, that's why I can't really put too much weight into that performance. So aside from that, you have Arsenal beating a Watford team that were down to 10 men from very early on. And then Watford still dominated the game but then couldn't score because the person that was sent off was their main striker Troy Deeney and then the real Arsenal stood up because they were beaten at home to Palace and then destroyed at Wolves so again how can we take them here at Leicester we can't but at the same time we can't take Leicester as a very narrow underdog either underdog either I can't take another draw here so I am going to go for both teams to score in this game which is available at 4-7 to seven. 
Last two games here, Burnley versus Manchester City. Last two games, but also I would say the two most important because this Burnley-Manchester City game is one of the games of the last three that will determine if they are the champions. And the bookies are not giving Burnley a chance here of stopping Man City. They're available at 1-7. to seven. Burnley is 16-1 to one underdogs. Madness. And 6-1 to one on the draw. This is a Burnley side that have gone and got a draw at Man United this season and have gone and got a draw at Chelsea last week, which was a parlay buster for us, unfortunately. So you can't write this Burnley team off at all. For me, you can't put... Man City in the same in the same category as Chelsea and United and other teams that have slipped up against Burnley. They are just outright handling their business at the moment. They're going to tough places like Palace and, and Man United and, and they're just winning easily. They're, like they're not they're not messing around here, Manchester to see. They look so consistent, which is weird because some of the things that we throw at them is the is the inconsistency. But I feel that they have left that behind. Everybody's entitled to a bad performance, but whether Man City are going to put one in in these last three games remains to be remains to be seen. Um, I, I just don't think that they will. I feel that the big banana skins where Man City would have put in a bad performance were against Palace and Manchester United and, and at home to Tottenham. I feel that they were the three big banana skins that they had. They've, they've cruised past those games. Um, I, I, I've also foreshadowed a, a banana skin for Man City in the Champions League against Tottenham and I was correcting that. I just feel that the, the the Champions League is a hoodoo that not only hangs over Manchester City but it hangs over Pep Guardiola he just he just doesn't seem to be able to do what he should do in that competition but this ain't the Champions League and this ain't Tottenham and this ain't even Palace and this certainly isn't Manchester United this is Burnley and as I said despite the fact that Burnley have put up results against the likes of Man, Man United and Chelsea this season they are absolutely 100% safe now and I don't know how they're going to approach this game tactically. If they try and play Man City with freedom, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. And if they try and sit back, then it's going to be a great opportunity for all of us to take Manchester City in running at some point because they will break through. And I feel that that's more the type of game it's going to be because this has been a good title race and I'm not expecting it to be the type of game where Man City score in the first 20 minutes and then just massacre them. Although, you know, it's not, beyond the realms of possibility uh, I'm taking Man City to nil here at 8-11 to 11. I do realise that's the third time I've picked that on this show but I'm going with stats and trends and things that I've seen throughout the entire season Liverpool have not conceded a lot of games at, goals at home and Huddersfield haven't scored any goals this season period Tottenham haven't conceded a goal at home in their own stadium and Manchester City have a very good record of picking up clean sheets. The days are gone where both teams to score in Man City games was cashing with ridiculous regularity. It's not. They've got a different back four. They've got a very good goalkeeper um, who's not called, who's not Joe Hart or Claudio Bravo. They do clean, clean sheets now. And this is going to be a game of Burnley sitting back and trying to let Manchester City, try and invite Man City to break them down, and Man City will break them down. So the Tanil bit is a good one here. The final game, and it could be debated, the main game of the weekend, is Manchester United, Manchester United, sorry, versus Chelsea, where Manchester United are 
the nine to five underdogs to win this game. Chelsea are available at seven to four. And it's 12 to 5 the draw. I'm sorry, I have a horrendous cold. And it actually hasn't surfaced too much at the start of this podcast. But as we've carried on doing it, I've just felt myself sounding and feeling sicker and sicker as we've done it. So I apologize that this isn't up to the usual high standards of the EPL show. Um, but hopefully the picks are, because that's the main thing. That's what all you people care about. Anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if people fast forward to the end of the show to listen to the locks and... Um, decipher out the rest of the uh, the bullshit that I, that I talk about on here but um, Man United underdogs at home to Chelsea Man United underdogs at home to Man City I can understand not 6-1 to one underdogs but they were underdogs nonetheless at home to Chelsea why? why are they, why are they significant underdogs at home to Chelsea? did Chelsea have a phenomenal away record? no are Chelsea a phenomenal team who are guaranteed Champions League football next season? No. Are Chelsea in particularly amazing form where they come into this game and should brush Manchester United aside? No. Do Chelsea have a particularly phenomenal record against Man United where they've held something over them game after game after game after game? No. Last time they played, Man United knocked Chelsea out of the FA Cup at Chelsea in a game that Chelsea desperately wanted to win and played out their entire first team including Eden Hazard and Man United were the ones in fact who rested more players than them including putting Sergio Romero in goal and still won the game 2-0 granted that was at the time where they were in the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer honeymoon period but a lot's been made of this honeymoon period ending However, if we look at the teams that Man United have lost to, obviously the first loss ended up being away to PSG and they overturned that by winning at PSG. Then since that, um, they have lost two games to Barcelona. They have lost to Manchester City. Okay, they probably shouldn't lose against Everton. That's not really an acceptable loss. Um, But some of the others... I feel are losing at Arsenal was another one that's come that springs to mind. I would say that was probably fairly acceptable. Um, The losses against Wolves are pretty bad, but Wolves have done really well this season against top six teams as Arsenal found out in midweek. So are Manchester United really any significantly worse than Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham. We're taking Liverpool and Man City out of this equation and we're looking at the teams in and around Man United and we're particularly looking at the team they're playing this this week and are underdogs at home to beat. I don't see it, guys. It's fucking stupid. It's the wrong price. And uh, I'm taking Man United here as an underdog at 9-5 to bounce back here and give themselves a real, real opportunity to finish in the uh, the top four this season. And if we look at the, the table and see what that win would do for Manchester United, as I'm bringing up the table for you guys right now, it would bring us level on points with Chelsea. We would both be on 67. Chelsea would have a significant goal difference and it would take us above Arsenal, providing Arsenal lose to Leicester. If Arsenal draw to Leicester this weekend, which is what I'm, is what I'm predicting, then Chelsea... Man United and Arsenal will all be on 67 points and granted Manchester United will have the worst goal difference but they will have the easiest running where they are probably going to win the last two games. I am expecting Chelsea and Arsenal to slip up in one of their last two games. Arsenal finish away to Burnley and Brighton 
at home. And Chelsea finish away to Leicester. And I'm not sure who their last game is against. I believe it's a relatively easy home game. But there's every possibility that Arsenal and Chelsea will only take four points out of the last six and Man United will win out. In addition to that, the goal difference, Man United have a chance to catch up this goal difference in these last two games. Granted, it'll be difficult to catch up on Arsenal because that will be 10 goals that they will need to make up. But there's a possibility if they win the last three games that they will have themselves a goal difference of plus four, five or six. And we'll have to see what the Arsenal results are because if Arsenal are going to lose any of those games, then their goal difference will trend downwards. Obviously, if they win one of those games, the goal difference will trend upwards. So there is still a hell of a lot to play for. And as I said, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Arsenal or Chelsea are going to drop more points after this weekend, especially when everybody could be sitting level on 67 points after this weekend. I think it's going to get very, very, very interesting. But in order for that to happen, this is a must-win scenario for Manchester United. If, it's, if they don't win, their season ends this Sunday and they are looking at Europa League football. And I honestly don't think in that situation that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be managing this team next season. And I think that at the same time, the double-edged sword is going to make it very difficult to A, attract another manager and B, to attract any new players to play for Man United when they are playing Europa League football next season. Well, let's close out with the lock dog parlay on this portion of the show. I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to do the double lock. I've had a look ahead to the next week, and there are some locks there that I like. I do like Chelsea at home to Watford. Sorry, that's the home game at Chelsea. over Chelsea at home to Watford. Uh, I do like Chelsea at home to Watford. I do like um, Manchester United going to Huddersfield. I do like Arsenal at home to Brighton. These are three locks that I'm looking at at the week ahead, which starts on the 3rd of May. And uh, there could be double lock opportunities there. But I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to go for Liverpool to win to nil at four to six and under two and a half goals in the Brighton Newcastle game, also at four to six. When a team hasn't scored for 10 and a half hours and they're going up against a team like Newcastle who are a defensive-minded team managed by a defensive-minded manager in Rafa Benitez, I cannot see how we get three goals in that game. So double lock this week, Liverpool to nil, Brighton Newcastle under two and a half goals. For the underdog, I was actually going to stick my neck out here and go for Cardiff, but I'm not. I'm going to go for Man United uh, because we're pretty much getting Cardiff to win away to Fulham and Man United to win at home to Chelsea at the same price. And I think it would be silly for me to go for the Cardiff result when you can get Manchester United as a home underdog. Although I do think Cardiff are a decent bet, especially on the double chance there. So there may be some sort of bet uh, for that over on my on my website, lockbetting.com. So keep your eyes peeled for that this weekend. As for the parlay, very, very difficult parlay to do this week because I don't want to double dip on Liverpool to nil. But at the same time, um, I can't take Liverpool 1-14. to uh, I can't take Manchester City at 1-7. to So it does make a parlay very, very difficult. 
what I've done here is I've just gone for a two-teamer uh, or a two-selection parlay, not necessarily a two-teamer. So what I've done is I've gone for Tottenham to win their game, which is available at one to two, and Man United to draw or win. So basically, Man United to avoid the defeat, which is also available at one to two. So I believe that is a relatively decent two-team parlay. You're free to add Liverpool and Man City to it. You're willing to, you're free to handicap those games, do whatever you want with them. But for me, that's what I've done. I've gone for a two-teamer with Tottenham and Man United on the double chance to avoid a defeat there. That concludes this edition of the EPL show. The European show will be available on lockbetting.com as always. And that is also on a phenomenal lock run. I'm currently sitting at 28 and 5. That's coming back off a run of 19 and 5. So we've gone nine row, nine locks in a row over on that European show. So if you want to get that one, that's exclusively available on my website, lockbetting.com. I'll be back here in the week on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network with a preview of the Champions League semi-finals, Liverpool Barcelona. Ajax versus Tottenham. They are the final four and we'll be previewing those first leg semis here on Sports Gambling Podcast Network.